Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you can join us, but before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you're the same today and forever, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that there's no difference between you, Lord, in the Old Testament and the New, Lord, that you're the same consistent, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have unveiled the veil that was over our eyes, Lord, so that way we can see you truly as you are, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for everything that you continue to do in our lives, Lord, and the people around us, Lord, and how they get to see the benefits and the fruit of it, Lord, and that they are blessed by us blessing you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. It's good to have you with us as we continue our study on the Lord's house. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to... Reread the same section of scripture as we did yesterday, which is in, we're in Exodus 25, and we're going to cover verses 1 through 9. So could I get a volunteer to do that, please? I will. All right, promise. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood, oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me sanctuary that I may, be, that I may dwell among them. Mm-hmm. According mm-hmm. to all that I show you, that that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. Amen. Glory mm-hmm. to Amen. Just so you shall make it. Hallelujah. Amen to that. <laughs> so yesterday we we covered a lot just on this section, dealing with our our heart and with our, our heart to the Lord, but also what He's commanded us and. How everything in here speaks to Christ, just as an overview for even finer details to come as we unpack what is contained within all the different pieces in the in the pattern wow. that he's downloading to Moses. So, mm-hmm. as is our custom, I want to open up the floor for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit has led you to share and, of course, to ask any questions that you have. Okay. So, who'd like to begin? You guys have something? Uh, okay. I do, but, uh-huh. Mom, you can go. Mine's a bit long, lengthy. <laughs> I don't know, son. You might want to take your chance now. Okay. <laughs> I hear the engine's revving. That's right. <laughs> it's getting okay. buckled in, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things the Lord wanted to show me was that when I was just reading over this, over all of Genesis chapter 14, because Mm -hmm. we were discussing yesterday, the first thing he wanted me to know was that, uh, verse 10, now the valley of Sedim was full of asphalt pits and the kings of Gadam 
and Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Sorry. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. And one of the things the Lord wanted me to look at and to realize, first of all, was that all the stuff that we consider that we have to mine today, which, you know, underneath the earth, we get to it. And how the Lord was showing that it was freely available, and he was relaying it to himself. There's no such thing as we have to go mine and search for the Lord. He's freely available on the top and saying, come here, I'm right here. Come take hold of me. <laughs> and then the second thing he also wanted me to point out was, first of all, he asked me the question of where did Melchizedek come from? He wasn't any of the kings that were fighting. He was not <laughs> plundered. He just came to Abraham and gave him bread and wine. Mm-hmm. He fed him. And then Abraham blessed him. And the Lord should show me that is also further correlating with how he told Abraham, who blesses you will be blessed and who curses you will be cursed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the exact wording, but that's a paraphrase. And the Lord should show me that here is just a further demonstration. I don't think the Lord has said it to Abraham yet. But he was saying that even before he makes it he, known. It, he had spoken that to oh. him when he called him out of Ur of Chaldea. Uh, mm-hmm. I think around chapter 12 of Genesis. But carry on, carry on, baby. And how the Lord just showed me that it is true even in the situations where we don't think about it. And then, it was, and then the Lord also reminded me of Sodom and the king of Sodom. And I wonder where the king of Gomorrah went since he also had his stuff taken. But he didn't come back for it. So the Lord was just showing me that with here, it's a correlation like how Dad was saying about the king of Sodom. He was take trying to take it for himself and was saying, give me the people and take all the stuff with you. And it, the Lord just reminded me of here was that all the stuff that he was trying to offer Abraham was not his own. He was trying to give him other people's stuff along with his. And that is not right and just. And the Lord gave me the example of if you ask for something, I said, Mommy promise has it. Promise will give it to you. And how I take it from him to give it to you, that's not right. He wants you to give it to him yourself. Mm-hmm. And technically, since Abram, he wasn't yet Abraham, but he would, the Lord would change his name. Technically, the stuff belonged to him. He could yes. have set up his own kingdom right there if he had wanted to. Yes. Because the the spoil, whoever wins it, it becomes theirs. That's that's conquering. Direct and to the victor go the spoils as it, yes, as it were. Yes. Um, and that's how things operated. You came in, you beat everybody up and took all their stuff, and now you're their king. So um, there was probably some concern that he would try to do that. But Abram had to go, wait, I've got a covenant with my God. Isn't that what was offered to Jesus? If you bow down and yes. worship me, I'll give you these kingdoms and all their glory. Just, just bow down and worship me. Um, turn away from what God said to you and, and take this because you can see this with your hands. God said, look at some stars, but this is right here. You can just have this. Just reach your hand out and snatch it. God is going to, your, your God will bow down and I'll give you glory now. You want glory? You can have glory. I'll just, just worship me. You don't have to wait for it. And you don't certainly have to be crucified and all of that. You can just take it now. Put your hand out and grab it. That's always the option, right? It's interesting. I've always thought that it was more of recognizing how unholy Sodom was. And so the things of Sodom were unholy. 
And so God did not want him to have unholy things to be blessed. Um, mm. y- yes, there's that. But there are times where God said, take their gold. Like Egypt was unholy and they were plundered. You know, God knows the depths of things. Mm-hmm. But um, for Abram, it's more so, are you going to take another option? Are you going to choose to try to raise yourself up? Or are you going to go God's plan? Because God had already started talking to him. I'm making a covenant with you. I'm doing these things. And, and Abram references that, that he made a covenant with his God. And you're not going to, um, I don't want you to say that you made him, you made me rich when it was actually God who had promised him that. There's, there's the dichotomy and the option. And in everything that we do as we go through life, there's always the choice. Are you going to believe God and take what you cannot yet see? Or are you going to settle for what you can put before your eyes? The woman looked at the fruit and saw versus going, I should wait for God. And we can carry that on through for everyone. God says something to us and we have a choice. Are we going to believe him or are we going to not believe him and take another option? And even what was offered to Jesus, you hear him say, Lord, restore me to the glory that I had with you before the world was. So him being restored to his heavenly position was on his heart. That was on his mind. That, that was a, a, you know, a goal because he asked for it. So clearly he wanted and desired it. But are you going to wait and do it God's way? Or are you going to reach your hand out and take a shortcut, take a, a faster option and do it yourself? Which was why Satan tempted him with that. If it was, he didn't tempt him with a naked woman. He didn't tempt him with, you know what I mean? It was something that was actual desire in his heart, in Jesus's heart, that he tried to offer him another means to get. So... Um, and Jesus, thank God, ruled over that sin. Thank you, Lord, for your righteousness. Uh, but those are the options that are oftentimes set before us. So I'm sorry, you guys had something else to say. Okay, what I meant by, I'll clarify that statement. Okay. What I meant by the statement was I understood that it was Abram's spoil because he took it. But what I was trying to reference was that when the king of Sodom said, take all the stuff and just give me the people mm-hmm. he wasn't just referring to his own stuff he was also referring to the gomorrah stuff king mm-hmm. gomorrah so he's saying take all his stuff and mm-hmm. give me his people so i'm going to be blessed by this he's gonna mm-hmm. oh well he didn't come so the lord just showing that it's when he said offerings it wasn't taking from others and like with the example of if he asked me with Charles, can I have a pencil? And I said, Mommy, promise us a pencil right here. I'll just give you that one. And how he wants me to give it to him from my own resources, not taking it from others to try to give it to you. Though it could be seen as I'm giving you what you want or what you need. Yes. It's not right. I understand that. Um, like when David said, I'm not going to offer something to my God that didn't cost that cost me nothing. I'm not going to yes. take from you to mm-hmm. now try to give it to God. And so here, 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 I did it, God. Yay. Yes. He understood God's heart and how he gave to the Lord and he had respect for God. So I appreciate the Lord, you hearing him say that to you Uh so that you're not letting selfishness or mistreatment of others arise in your heart and in your mind and your eyes and try to present that before God as though it's something righteous and holy. Yes, Molly. Amen. Amen. And I still wanted you to know that Abraham could have rightly taken all of it and <laughs> set Absolutely. up his own kingdom. But it also shows the other thing, right? And, and honey, you and I have said this uh, quite a few times. Mm-hmm. What good is a kingdom or a city without its people? 
And that's what was wanted, or it was what the king of Sodom was asking for, or you asking, demanding. That's what he wanted. He was trying to preserve for himself. Exactly. Because um, you can be a poor kingdom, right? You can be a bunch of people, and you still have someone to rule over, even if you don't have a lot at the time, and you have an opportunity to get some things back. Just looking at a natural Well, and you can look at sense. it for a number of different reasons, but I want to point this out, right? If we, you fast forward from there, uh, from Genesis 14, and read the whole history of Lot, right? You'll notice that Lot's daughters, while they were married, had never had relationships, relations, never consummated the marriage with their husbands. Mm-hmm. Consider that for a moment. And then look at what was happening and what the people of the city wanted to do with the angels that came to rescue Lot and his family. So, why do I bring this up? How can you then have life? How the Lord designed it, man and a woman. Population growth. Exactly, you can't, it's an impossibility. Especially back then. There there weren't all the things, uh, medical, you know, things to still produce life, as it were. Mm. Um, In vitro and other things to kind of navigate around those things, right? That, that was just an impossibility. So if people aren't living rightly by the Lord, how is their life? Just, just a thought to, to consider. Well, eventually they would have all died off unless somebody... So, so then requesting people, right? And keep requesting people. And then the supply of people only exacerbates or perpetuates things for so long right Mm -hmm. but just something to consider Mm -hmm. anyway who else has something they want to share quickly yes brother in in relationship to what you were just sharing the charles as far as a a kingdom again for for me when i process that i don't see it um from that aspect i see it from the aspect of us having a better understanding of what a king is and that's actually i think um a struggle for western civilization because a king was responsible to provide for all of his people Mm -hmm. and the king had the right to speak for all the people so him being willing to give up their possessions that were recovered in order to to bring them back to the kingdom wasn't outside of the bounds of what could have been appropriate for him to do now his heart probably may maybe maybe been more what you're describing but us understanding kingship and kingdoms is important in the spiritual aspect but also just in the aspect of understanding that we serve a king we serve a risen king Mm -hmm. and we are in his kingdom and Mm -hmm. so we live in the perfect kingdom Mm -hmm. where our king provides for us where our king protects us Mm -hmm. where we have safety and security in our king where Mm -hmm. our king is the center of wisdom you know Mm -hmm. i could keep going on with that and so um there's also that aspect of a kingdom that i don't i don't think that um I don't know his heart, but he, he wouldn't have been out of place as a king to have, have made that request um, yes, the as kingdoms go. Right. Yes, Mr. Dean, we're talking about the same thing I was referring to because previously they said Sodom and Gomorrah were plundered, but he just told them take everything, including the king of Gomorrah stuff, and he wanted the king of Gomorrah's people back. But who would have said he was giving it back? He was taking it for himself. Okay, maybe That's, they had a treaty or something. But that's what I was referring to. He was like, I'm offering somebody else's stuff 
to give to you. So you're comparing two kings, king to king. Mm -hmm. And Dean is talking about a king over his people. Yes. We were talking about the same thing. Mine was just slightly different form. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) Amen. What else? Did you have anything else to say? Um, I did. Okay. Very quickly, uh, during this week when we were talking, Dad, and we were looking at the king of Sodom, Mm -hmm. and then we were comparing it to Jesus, how Jesus didn't want, he wasn't requesting the offerings because he wanted the gold and the silver. He didn't need the people to get that. He created a whole garden full of it, and he could do it again. If he, that's really what he wanted. He just wanted the people's heart and he wanted them as the person. And so when we look at Jesus, he wants us to come to him. He doesn't want our stuff. He wants to care for us. He wants the responsibility of that. So when, um, like mommy, you told me when I have my own children, I take the responsibility of having them. Mm-hmm. I don't just get to go, we, I got the children and uh, whatever, whatever happens to them do. happens. <laughs> Exactly. I take the responsibility with the blessing. So our in God's eyes, we're a blessing to him and he takes the responsibility that comes with that. And we still have a part to play. That's why the people came and gave their offering after the Lord had blessed them. But it wasn't because God genuinely wanted the stuff because he could just say onyx B, gold B, like he did in the beginning and he'd have it. And that would just be the end of it. And he'll make his own sanctuary. But he wanted us to take part in living with with him and being in connection mm-hmm. with him and building something to worship him he wanted us to have a part with it and he still wants us to have a part it just looks different today he wants us to have a life together mm-hmm. yes so he gave it to them initially mm-hmm. and then he said okay give it back to me and then they said okay and then he said okay now i'm going to give you this out of it and that's the the cycle that God has for us. He gives to us because we can't create or generate anything of our own. I love that um, story that you tell Dean about the scientists who think they're going to replace God and say, "We figured out how to how to make man. We don't need you." And then they start trying to grab his resources, and he's like, hey. "Get your own dirt." <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so we can't generate anything of our own, and everything we have comes from Him, and it's a a love cycle and a loving relationship and a covenant with him, how he goes, mm-hmm. here, baby. And then the, he goes, okay, baby, give it back to me. And we go, dad, dad. And we give it to him. And he goes, okay, now, baby, here, I'm giving you this. Now let's just keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. And let him express his love to us and see the fullness of it. I think it's hard for us as humans sometimes to understand that kind of pure love. And, of course, with sin nature and the adversary, there's always a taint that tries to come in and make it seem like God is trying to hurt us or extract something from us. But whatever he asked us for, if you have a clear memory, you can think back. He gave it to you, first of all, himself, and then he's going to give it back to you at the end of it. And then you two will be closer at the end of it. And every time we go through this, we come closer and closer and closer together, which is his goal to begin with, for us to be one again. And right now we are one. And then there's still a, a more closer oneness still when we don't have this flesh in between us any longer. And it's just us and him and we're in the kingdom and there's no more disturbance and all is well. Um, so well, I like that. I appreciate it. And you see it even in uh, when we re-enter the heavenly community, right? I mm-hmm. mean, there's the, the elders that cast down their crowns before him and at his feet, like continually. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, let's consider that for a moment. The Lord rewarded them with these crowns. Mm-hmm. Back to the, he gave you something, and you're just giving it back, recognizing that, you know, the, the elders don't deserve this. Like, they didn't do anything for it. It was just a gift. Mm-hmm. And then just continually just giving it back to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, none of us are worthy. Right? It's, it's nothing we could do, if you will, mm-hmm. can, can earn our salvation. There's nothing that can, it's just by faith and his grace that we access through faith. And you think, how do they get the crowns back on their head? They fall down and worship. Man. How does this happen? Thank you, God. Amen. Um, okay. I had a couple things that I, I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, first thing that stood out to me is the, the willing, uh, willingness in Exodus 25. Mm-hmm. And this is what I heard the Lord say, be willing to do it because it's for, for me or for him. Like just the kind of love that he wants us to have towards him is that if we hear this is for Jesus, we're like, oh, it's for Jesus. You know, he has that kind of favor in our eyes, that kind of reverence in our eyes, that kind of love from us that whatever he wants, whatever he says, we're ready, we're willing to do it. You know, I can ask my husband, sweetheart, can you go get this for me? And I'll say nine times out of 10, unless there's a reason that he can't, he'll go do it for me. And because I know he loves me, but how much more so when we hear Jesus speak, when we hear him call out to us and say, can you go do this for me? Will you come over here and will you um, refrain from this or abstain from that or take part of this or give that? Will you do it? And we go, oh, Jesus said it? That's no problem, of course, because our love is pouring over, it's boiling over, it's, it's flowing out of us. That cup that's running over is our love for him. It's coming out of us. And so we're ready to replenish him. And Isaiah 1, um, 19 through 20 talks about being willing and obedient. And that God wants us just to love him purely and genuinely. And I don't think, for me, I'm like, okay, as I process this, it's not too much to ask, Lord. That's not too much to ask. Um, Also, it interested me that when God set this up for them to give, he took care of every aspect of it. Sometimes when we, we look at God, we see only our perspective. We see us and we're so focused in, we just see this part. So say we have a petition or request before the Lord and um, we spent some time before, um, before recording today talking about, we know that we have it when we ask because we know he hears us. And that's what we base our our knowledge that the request is granted is on the fact that we know he heard us versus the manifestation. But even in this, you see God working every part. So he dealt with Moses and his, his role in this stream. Then he dealt with each of the people individually in, in their individual and unique roles in this stream. And then all of it was working in his plan. All of this was about God wanting to dwell among them and in order for him to dwell among them he needed to make a place and because he needed to make a place he wanted them to participate and all of this stuff is working god's plan but he made a place for each of them in it and then he worked in each person's heart so um back to when we have a petition before the lord and a a request and we're saying god okay um you know we need these things and god says yes i heard you okay you've got it and then time goes by or whatever and we're like we don't see it well god is working in the heart of the person that he wants to 
allow to be a part of this this mission and to sow into it he's allowing them and he's working in their heart behind the scenes and you can't see that and he's working in the neighbor and he's um coordinating and he's aligning things so everyone can have their role and get the benefit that they're supposed to have and moses didn't see everybody's tent stirring around and you know hear treasures you know clinking around in their their boxes that they were looking in he didn't know all he had was god told me to do this that's what he did and then he left the rest to god Amen. If you can hear what I'm saying in that. And then the person that, you know, he spoke to Susie's heart and, um, you know, Susie's over there. She's looking in the, she's looking in her cabinet. She's hearing from God. You know, she's taking care of her kids. Moses didn't see her tent flaps going around and she didn't, Susie doesn't know what God was speaking to the neighbor. All she knew is what God told her. And then she may have went to her husband and said, okay, God is saying this to me. Are you thinking this? Are you want to give? And then they discussed it and then they brought their treasures before the Lord. So all of that dynamic god is doing all those things simultaneously so we have no reason to not trust him i don't know how long it took from this time to that point you know we read a couple chapters later in exodus was it 35 where he said okay that's enough enough so we went 10 chapters but how much time was that before they said enough enough but god went he ministered to each of their hearts according to his wisdom and they had the opportunity to partake but god was doing everything that he is accountable to do as God. So we should trust him. He's a big God and he's doing a lot of things and we can't always um, perceive with our natural eye or a natural mind what those things are, what's needed, how they're being done and who's listening to God and all of that stuff. So that just encouraged me and um, reminded me of God's greatness. And then I thought about um, looking at the, the tabernacle that and, and thinking of all the intricacy that went into it. But all of this is a template of what heaven looks like. It's a, a smaller mm-hmm. version, an earthly version. Yes, the glory doesn't even remotely compare, but to our natural eyes, we're like, wow, this is beautiful. This is great. And it's because God always wanted heaven and himself to be on our minds and before our eyes. And that we're always thinking about, okay, this is what's waiting for me. This is why I'm doing this because I have a greater destination that I'm looking for. I'm looking to the joy that is set before me. I'm looking for this prize that you have for me, God, not just today. In my youth, I could only see, well, why does it matter? Today is what I need right now. Kind of like Esau, who cares about this blessing? I'm going to die right now, even though that's not the case, but not living just in the, the momentary, but seeing our true future, seeing our true destiny is just amazing to me that God is so thoughtful and um, it's wonderful and vast. Uh-huh. Amen. I just had a couple of things I thought were interesting. Yes, brother. So um, <clears throat> I don't know which I want to put in first, but we'll, we'll go this way. So, um, <laughs> You know, uh, Jesus a couple of times was, was kind of challenged as to his authority, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, in, in the uh, two witnesses, right? And he talks about how God testifies of him and mm-hmm. I testify of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we know that two is, is, a, is a number there for, for authentic, authentication, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so just um, just a thought that I had, think about that. So. I don't know for sure as a timeline as it's being presented here, and I'm jumping back over into Genesis 14, where Abraham has now returned from rescuing the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and bringing everything back. And as he's coming, um, Melchizedek comes out to him. And then after he 
gives a tenth to Melchizedek, the king of Sodom begins to speak. Mm-hmm. So I assume they were all there together. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. It could have been a, a week later. I don't. Well, do, there's sure, nothing, sure. But I, I, I like to look at that as just an, another authentica- authentic, authentication that because the king of Sodom was there, he's recognizing King Melchizedek, the king of Salem, right? Because he was there. He didn't question what Abraham did by giving him that. In fact, the way I look at it, he affirmed it, that mm-hmm. this was a king of such esteem and stature that he thought appropriate mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're told many times about the order of Melchizedek and Jesus mm-hmm. being of that order and Melchizedek mm-hmm. being like a foreshadowing mm-hmm. and just reminding that, that um, when Melchizedek shows up on the scene here, he comes to Abraham mm-hmm. and he, he is prepared and has brought him bread and wine. Communion elements. Sh- communion elements. <laughs> yeah. The blood and the body elements, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And he comes and his first act is what? Servitude. Mm-hmm. So this most esteemed king, esteemed by other kings, mm-hmm. his first act that we see is that of servitude. Amen. Just thought that might be worth pointing Amen. out. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And then he went to blessing and then, yeah, we glory to God. I like that. Thank you, Dean. That's a wonderful point there, brother. Amen. That also put Abraham in remembrance of his covenant. Mm-hmm. When he, when he, after he gave him the communion elements, and I believe the spirit recognized him, communion elements, and then he reminded him of the blessing that he had already spoken to him. God, you're blessed. God already said this. God Most High mm-hmm. said this about you. You've got a covenant. You've got a covenant. So then when the adversary comes up to offer another route, Abraham goes, no, 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 wait a second. I've already raised my hand to the Lord. Amen. God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, unless you should say I have made Abraham rich because God already promised to do it. God already promised to take care of him. So I just was like, all right. I appreciate that, Dean. And yeah, the other interesting <laughs> thing about that, but we, when we're running out of time, but you know, here's Abraham who did not consider himself, uh, seemingly did not consider himself rich at that time. Mm-hmm. But he took, what, 350 <laughs> of his, his men? Right. Of his, of, of right. his men uh, for trained, battle. His trained men, yes. His trained yeah. men for battle. That's not yes. all his men. No. That wasn't his women. That wasn't his children. That wasn't anything. It was <laughs> yeah. just, just, just the guys I had hanging around just to, you you know, know? in case you got to throw down. You right. know, we're, exactly. We've got a couple guys ready. You know? <laughs> and, and I would think that would be considered rich. I was. I need to get my game up. Then I need to get my perspective up, <laughs> so I can be thinking on Abraham's level. Amen. Well, and then and then the other thing because you guys brought this up. Um, I can't remember if it was yesterday or earlier today. But you brought up how Abraham could have been king. He could have made himself king with everything that he had. But how does it say that Abraham treated even his slaves, his servants, like as friends. friends, as friends? Isn't that what Christ? how christ treats us yes he says but i I don't call you slaves right i call you friends amen that's the same for us today because the servant doesn't know what his master is doing amen Amen. but we can know amen and he reveals all things to us right first to his prophets right Mm. but he doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his prophets but he the secret things that he reveals for us and for our children our children's children forever Amen. 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 Glory to God. All right. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord, and for another 
awesome devotional, Lord, where we get to learn more about you, God. We thank you for your blessings, Lord, and the covenant that you have with us, Lord. And we just thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, and your kindness and your generosity, God. Mm-hmm. We thank you for all your goodness, Lord, and that you call us friends and not servants, Lord, and that you have given your Holy Spirit to us, Lord, to reveal to us your plans, God, and that you have made us a part of it, God. You didn't close us out, Lord, but you opened the doors to us, Lord, and you met us with open arms, Lord, with love and patience and all the good things that you are, God. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.